What's up team? How y'all been? This is Renee from Big Stick Energy. I am joined on this episode with Tori. Uh, we are stoked to be in your ears again for another Monday. We have Taylor Pratt on the show today. Lots been going on lately. I just finished my nursing specialty program. So I finally got to go out skiing a few times this week after hauling ass on school for the last three months, but like especially this last month, it's been wild. So stoked to actually get to ski and not just talk about skiing. Great, great look for me. So I've been up Whistler Blackcomb a couple times this week and that was really sick. Speaking of sick, my counterpart Tori is like probably has COVID. We'll find out. So I'm doing this intro solo but she will be joining me on the rest of this episode. Today, we talk to Taylor Pratt. He is based in Salt Lake, freeride skier, coach. He's dabbled in some FWQ comps, filmed with MSP, and also happens to be one of my favorite people to spill tea with on the internet. Between Instagram and Twitter, like if something's happening, we're probably going back and forth on it. So great dude. Stoked for you all to meet him if you have not already. Um, he forgot to mention his sponsors, so I'm going to do a quick little sponsor plug for Taylor right now. K2 Skis, Snowbird, Alta, Strafe Outerwear, Pock, and Swatch Hemp. He's stoked to have you guys all on. He's sorry that he forgot to mention you. And without further ado, we're going to do a quick little ad read and then straight into our episode with Taylor. Happy Monday, everybody. Stoked to have you. This week's episode is brought to you by Darn Tough Vermont. If I've learned anything from boot fitting, it's that if your feet are not happy, you are not happy. A good fitting boot also needs a good sock. If there's a place in your kit that you're going to spend your money, to have a good time, it's gotta be your feet. And Darn Tough Vermont, they are a family owned mill in Vermont, obviously, and they make merino wool socks. Merino is where it is at. It's moisture wicking, thermoregulating, antimicrobial, all day comfort. And merino is not just for winter. It's sweet for your ski socks, but you can rock merino all year long for every sport that you want to do and every occasion you on their website they got dress socks like you can be running you could be mountain biking you could be skiing you could be going to a wedding and darn tough has you covered it's shoulder season we're running into shoulder season socks for all occasions darn tough's gotcha and the best thing about darn tough is that they are guaranteed for life life. That is a long time. So you know that they make good socks. Check them out at www.darntough.com and get yourself a pair or five. Just saying. Yeah. I feel like that's how we became friends is literally just shooting the shit and hot gossip. <laughs> Talking shit on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, and then I realized that you had Twitter, and that, that's a whole other thing. 
So. Okay, but now, like, there's been so much heat on Taylor's Twitter. I feel like I need to go discover this for myself. <sighs> Is it yeah, where you I mean... let your freak flag fly? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It is interesting though, because like your Instagram is very much skiing and it is your life as a skier, which like all know that social media is not our real lives, but it's like, you have this alter ego, which is like not really an alter ego. It's just like also you, but yeah. you're able to post about other crap that you care about mm -hmm. and keep one platform just for skiing. It's like your business account and your personal account, you know? <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, okay. and like, I can put those ideas out on Twitter way better than I can on Instagram. Because Instagram, you gotta like find a photo that's like on topic. Whereas Twitter, I can just like, I'm just gonna talk about how mad I am about Utah's government being fucking disgusting and then go from there. Right? It's like, what is it? It's like Twitter where you tweet for twats. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly just use Twitter to get that template for making memes and stuff. It's like post it to Twitter because then it creates like a certain aesthetic. Yes, yes it does. You will. <laughs> and then I've had people like come after me on Twitter on the account and I'm like, I actually like don't tweet <laughs> occasionally use it for templates and then pop in and and see what crap other people are posting about <laughs> because it is like a lot more unbridled than instagram is like people yeah. just like write whatever oh yeah. yeah so what are like like who is taylor pratt like you have like the instagram taylor pratt and then you have like the Twitter Taylor Pratt. How is that encompassed in like what you do, who you are? Okay. What are you passionate about? Uh, well, <laughs> obviously, obviously passionate about skiing. Um, yep. for one, that's that's an easy answer. Um, but like in the past few years, I've gotten more and more passionate about like human rights issues and um. I am someone that's like overly passionate about shit and it could be my very aggressive ADHD. Um, and so like, I, I find something that I like looking into and like talking about and I'm just, I'm all in. Um, and it's been that way with skiing and my Twitter shows it where it's that way with um certain politics and like sports that's another part of my twitter is me usually being really sad about my sports teams and yelling into space into the cloud <laughs> into the clouds i'm just yelling at no one but i'm getting it out so that when i go out with my friends or go skiing the next day they don't have to hear about it because no one skiing really gives a fuck about the sports side of me it's actually kind of true, hey? Like, ski media? <laughs> Sorry, nobody cares about the sports side. It's actually kind of true, hey? Sorry, <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, skiers are, are, can be so one-dimensional. Uh, yeah. Yes. And you, especially at the highest level, like, these are people who have skied growing up, and then they, maybe they race, but now they compete in free ride or 
it's like such a linear like oh i just always skied and then they get to the top and they ski only in the winter and that's their one winter sport they do mm-hmm. and that's a mass generalization but there are a, a lot of people who are pro skiers and they really like don't post much about any other sports they do but you know they probably do something else yeah and like maybe did they do other sports growing up or were they just this one sport like i don't know i would just like to like throw a little bit of shade right now being a hetero you know human being dating in the uh dating in the ski industry i've like gone on dates with guys who can only talk about skiing that's it that yeah but that's like that's like their whole personality and it's like i get it like i get it but then like the dynamic is like all of these hot ski girls that i know are like you know like they're interested in socio-political issues or they're getting degrees and then you're sitting there like i remember i went on a couple dates with a dude who could only talk about skiing or golf and then we only ever watched skiing or golf and it's like all of those memes where it's like movie night with your significant other and the girls just sitting there like fuck like i'm so <laughs> down to watch ski movies but golf no thank you no golf is what like you fall asleep to it's great for napping right like in the spring when they're doing those golf tournaments you just throw that on and take a quick nap is that what that's what that's what you use it for that's what i have ti- used it for do you dream about Tiger Woods? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. The voices are just so soothing. They're so quiet when they're talking about it. It's just like it's like a lullaby. A lullaby. They're like, Tiger's going in for his third birdie of the day. All right, he's swinging. He's lining it up. Beautiful finish with his driver from Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually so accurate. That was pretty good. The that only was pretty reason, spot on. Thank you. I know like four words about golf from listening to my boyfriend's brother, and I just whipped them all out in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Got them all out at once, just for that. Yes. What other sports are good for napping? What um, other sports would you not put on your Twitter? Baseball. Why? It is so boring. Okay. Uh, okay, what about cricket? I don't know anything about cricket. It confuses it, me. The game goes, goes for, for like two days. days. Yes, it literally makes zero sense. <laughs> I've tried to like figure it out and watch a minute of it and was so lost. Okay, okay, so cricket's out the door. People in New Zealand freaking love cricket. A weird sport. It is Kiwis like their weird sports. They, 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 you know what? They're a peculiar bunch, indu- <laughs> indubitably. Um, sorry. <laughs> Woo, one beer, tally ho. Okay. <laughs> More sports. What are like, what are like your favorite sports? Like who are your teams that you're like crying into your pillow at night about? Um, I'm mostly watching football, basketball, and like recently in the last four or five years got into hockey. Word. Um, yeah. But that's because I watched, started watching a show called Letterkenny. Oh, oh yeah, it's God. a great day for hey boys. You smell like nachos and you look stoned. <laughs> um, I started watching that when we got it Amazing. in the States. And I was like, okay, hockey culture seems kind of cool. I'm going to start watching. And just, yeah, got sucked right into it. 
And I think I've rewatched Letterkenny like 30 times, 40 okay. times. Do you rate the TV show? Because I've only ever dived into the YouTube series. I like the TV show a lot. Okay, word. I might have to check that shit out because... It's just the YouTube series for 25 minutes. And the rewatches are actually better because you pick up on their like their weird inside jokes of just like none of it makes sense when you first watch. Like the amount of people have showed the show and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Sick. Like the first scene of the show is the hockey players and then Wayne and Derry just going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Okay, what do you think Canada's national sport is? I, if I remember correctly, it wasn't hockey. No, which is so weird because everybody associates hockey with Canada. Like, I remember I still have, like, PTSD flashbacks every time I walk by Abercrombie and Fitch in the fucking mall because I get a whiff of the cologne and I'm like, where are the bleach-haired fucking hockey boys that used to bully me? Like, it is such a weird culture growing up in Canada and in small towns. Like Renee and I both grew up in Cochrane, but Renee actually played hockey. So it's a little bit different than me. Um, but our national sport is lacrosse. Yeah. I played hockey mm. with the boys too. It was an experience. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds fun though. So there's other than the boys being. Boys. It, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I I have experienced it. I honestly, like, it was, I got along really good with the guys on my team, and they would be super protective over me. Like, if I got hit by someone, like, there was hell to raise. And they're teenage boys. They're honestly just looking for any reason to fight. So if, it, if I started the fight, it was, like, not because I wanted to. It was just because they just wanted to run their testosterone. <laughs> and that's how it goes. But... It was good in the sense of there isn't as many girls that were playing. So you either could play AAA and all you did was hockey and that was it. That was your life. Like you're one sport only. Or you could play with the boys and have a similar level of play. But I still would be able to be like not quite as competitive league wise. So mm. I, I still played volleyball. I still played basketball. I ran track and field. I did cross country. Like I could do actually all the school sports I wanted to do because they wouldn't conflict with just this like high level AAA hockey all day, every day kind of thing. So it was good in that sense. And I partied with the boys. Like that was the only partying I did was the guys on my hockey team because I didn't really have any other friends in high school. But <laughs> Still sounds fun. Yeah, it, it was all right. It was all um, right. But it also makes me like not want to date hockey boys because I just <laughs> – know them so well and i can pick a hockey boy out like no other like you just know when you get a hockey boy you know i feel like it's the same with ski boys though you can tell a ski boy from a mile away yeah although I'm trying to not but i i realize i without even trying it's just a dead giveaway i mean you could also I was just gonna say you you could also potentially look like a hockey boy but after Renee's comment I was like that might be an insult it's not <laughs> meant to be an insult it's just like you look like a where where do you live currently I'm in Utah I'm in Salt Lake 
Okay. So that's like kind of like nor I don't know. I feel like there's some places in the States that have similar like looks or accents or cultures to Canada, right? I mean, yes. you got Minnesota. the ball cap, the beard, Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota's just like Southern Canada. Okay. They're the same people. I because it's gold there. That's all I know. I know. I, I Well, I watched this one like Christmas rom-com. I'm not a rom-com person, but I just like clicked it and I kept going and it really just hit me in the feels. But this chick moves to Minnesota from the city and there's this one lady is like, oh, don't you know it? That Betty's trying to steal my tapioca pudding. It's just like, <laughs> like her accent is just so thick and so good. And after watching that movie, I talked in that accent for like two weeks afterwards. <laughs> um irrelevant but taylor what like do you play any of these sports or are you just like a passionate bystander um i i don't really play any of those sports i okay. i just like i so i when i was growing up um my mom's side of the family is all from ohio um and like their thing when my mom was growing up was my grandpa worked for all the sports teams in cleveland and they would just go to games. Um, and she would get to sit like courtside at a basketball game and just watch her dad shoot photos and go to work. So that was like how I bonded with my grandpa. And that was um, growing up when we couldn't ski, that was how I bonded with my dad and my little brother, like, and my mom. But um, I've just always been like a passionate watcher of sports. I played when I was younger, like youth football and um, was way too ADHD to play fucking baseball. Uh, played a little basketball, but I'm five, seven, so that didn't really work. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was too short to really play all these sports, but like always enjoyed watching it and always enjoyed like the community of like go to a game with your friends and watching drinking beers yelling at college age kids to play better i've seen so many memes about like um like the simone biles thing how she like stepped out because of mental health and there's all these people jumping into her comments and saying horrible things online about how she should just quit she's not trying hard enough when these people are literally eating like flaming hot cheetos on their fucking couch and couldn't do 10 sit-ups in a row to save their goddamn lives they're like lounging in their deflated couch that has a yes. ass mark in it from how long they've been yes. sitting there <laughs> With hot Cheetos all over their belly and pants. Saying like, ah, mental health issues. What? That's yeah. soft. Michaela Schifrin too. That was another recent one. That was a recent one, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, you know what? Respect. She's a badass here, but I gotta say some of the sponsored partner content she's doing is hella cringy. Have you guys looked Which at one, it? Which one, the I've... Icon or the Visa? I don't know. I stopped watching. I don't think I got <laughs> to that part. <laughs> I just, I, I got a new job with Alpine Canada. So I've been benchmarking to help them develop their digital strategy and just going through her content. Like there was one where it was like a dance challenge, I guess. Um, or just some stuff that seems like very ingenuine. And she's such a fucking badass. Like I wish that brands let her, you know, be it's her. Almost, yeah. It's almost too curated in a sense, but um. 
Yeah, really interesting how people kind of call things out. Uh, speaking of, you said that you became passionate in sociopolitical issues all of a sudden. What led to that switch? Because you like, I mean, Renee has talked about it. You're like low-key and undercover ally. And I think after this podcast episode, people are going to be like, yo, this guy shreds, but let's like check out the Twitter. Like, what's this boy tweeting? So I think it'd be good to understand what that pivotal moment was for you. You were like, damn, the world's fucked. <laughs> um... So, I, had, I mean, I don't really know, like, exactly the point. I know it just, like, started to escalate, and I got more serious about it. Um, but I started, like, like paying a little bit more attention when I was able to vote. And I think I, I turned 18 and wasn't able to vote, like, in a presidential election for another two or three years. And for like two or three years, I was a 20, 21 year old, just like, I want to drink beer and find girls to go party with. Like, I don't give a fuck about everything else. And then I think it was kind of around the times that like you saw more about um, cops and how they've treated marginalized groups within the US, especially and like, um, protesters in general not even like people who might have different colored skin or um a certain sexual orientation um and actually through being a sports fan on twitter i became friends with all these like pac-12 football fans it was like the conference of all the Pacific and like Western colleges. Um, and there they, it was, it just became like a group chat of like leftist sort of um, political ideologies while talking about sports. And I went from kind of like, like I said, like the 21 year old that doesn't really care, but does want to see people treated right to someone who was like actually passionate about seeing change in my country and my state all through sports somehow, which is kind of crazy, but there's an entire group chat of us that like, we talk about sports. And then when the topics come up, we're talking about like cops or the laws that are being put into place in Utah, especially right now, um, with the really bullshit transgender bill that was vetoed by the governor, but then overridden by the legislature. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of wild how that happened. It's an underground society. <laughs> but there is that in skiing, too. Skiing does have it. All, there's a, a group chat with all the woke meme pages <laughs> it goes off I but just look at it once i want to just read through it because i talked to i think like the the people that i talk shit most with on instagram are like renee the alt national ski patrol and like wasatch mountain memes yeah and it's like those three that i'm like and i know they're in a group chat with like cody 
and all those meme pages. I'm like, oh, I just I want to see it. I just want to fucking scroll through it for like an hour. Is it like, are there that many hot takes in that group, Renee? I like have it muted because there's so much interaction in it. Yeah, there definitely is. There definitely is. Like yeah. if you want dirt on anything, you go to that group. Like I've missed stuff and then I pull up my phone and I'm like, yo guys, what happened? Like I missed something <laughs> big. Someone explain this to me. And like, they've got it. Like someone knows you can get dirt on anything. Yeah. It is actually like an awesome community and like a tool when kind of challenging some of those harmful messages that are pumped out by brands. Um, like what was the meme account that made the meme about like the Jay skis thing? And it was all the monkeys in a boardroom. Do you remember that? Um, I want to say that was uh, maybe like meme the lights or something, but yeah. that one did slap. It did slap. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to say about like all of the, like those kinds of sports, like, do you find that on Twitter there's as dynamic of a, uh, kind of community to talk about outdoor sports as there is about other sports? Cause the ones that you listed like basketball, football, those are very diverse sports when it comes to like, uh, you know, like racial diversity. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not really sure about what it looks like for like LGBTQ diversity. I think it may be, maybe is, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say with like hyper-masculine spaces. Yeah. I mean, there are like, like you, you run into um, a good section of, you know, L uh, LGBTQ people that are sports fans. Um, and, but it, it's, it is just weird because like the, the sport in general, like they had in the last 10 years, they've had like three players come out and the first one to come out was the first out gay football player ever. And it's, so it's, it's it's growing a lot slower in that like acceptance um and it's but weird it's not like, that much slower because in yeah. the ski world gus kenworthy came out only five or six years ago which is not a lot of time and that blew everyone's minds and everyone was making such a big deal out of it and it's awesome that someone could pave the way for other people to then live their truth but really like when you think of it in the grand scheme of things it was not very long ago so mm. yeah it's like finally hitting football but i mean the ski industry was only like five years ago <laughs> so yeah. it's behind but it's not that far behind yeah and it's it, they're both ages behind everybody else in general world oh, yeah. you know For but sure. i think western world anyway like I, I can't really speak beyond like what i've experienced yeah, I, I think it's really cool that there's like these unique communities that are coming together to chat about these issues. And I think that like sports, like I've written segmentation models on sport fans to try and understand the psychology and the, like the consumption behavior for marketing. And then like my job now, I have never, ever, ever been inclined to watch a team sport in my entire life. <laughs> and I'm not really a team sport person. I like was, you know the like awkward kid who was trying to be cool, but was really just like obsessed with lizards and wanted to be a herpetologist and like Jack Skellington and Evanescence when I was a 
like high school. So it was like presenting, trying to be cool at school. And then Loki, I was just a weirdo at home in my bedroom. Um, but I was never picked to be on any team in gym class at all. But now as an adult, I got invited to be on a dodgeball league. And I gotta say, I'm living out like that inner traumatized high school vengeance <laughs> on the other teams. Like I am so competitive, it's not <laughs> even funny. <laughs> but also through like my new job working with Alpine Canada, I'm watching like the Paralympics. I'm watching like, um, like the Olympics, all of these like World Cup downhill technical races in Europe. And seeing the connection that people have over those moments and like the core human values of uh, just, it's like accomplishment and striving and motivation and like how much hard work it goes into it. Like I get it. And I think it's so inspirational. And I think the power of that connectiveness and the power of that like connected experience, it's really cool to see that that's being elevated to tackling some of these important issues, right? Yeah. that you you know often don't see in that like kind of sport bro stereotype no no not, not very often and here well, we are shit posting on the internet trying to change <laughs> the world <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's freaking rad that you got into that and i think it's also like like you said that you're also a coach as well did we even do a proper intro for you no Okay. Well, shit. We're like 30 minutes in, but it's fine. Taylor Pratt, just give everybody a quick ABCs. I mean, they know you have a freaking Twitter account, but what else do you do? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm Taylor Pratt. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah, born and raised. I'm one of the few people that hasn't migrated here from out east or California or Texas. <laughs> um, I am a professional skier and I do coach um, the Altaberg Freeride team, a team that um, actually raised me. Um, I started skiing there when I was 12 at like the inception of the team and have pretty much been around it or a part of it since it started. And the coaching staff is sick because it's literally all the kids that I grew up skiing with and like the, the Pollards, um, Chris Astle, Griffin Rasmussen, a bunch of kids that I grew up skiing Alta and Snowbird with on that team. Um, so yeah, that's that's my story. And I have a Twitter that I take out all my angers on that I can't take out on Instagram. I think it's more like shouldn't. It's not can't. Yeah. It's just like, you know, <laughs> like... I you was got so one for the sponsors and one for everything else. <laughs> yeah. I like created this brand for myself as like an angry internet warrior feminist. But now brands are like kind of into it. But I think I've learned how to do it in a more socially acceptable way. But it's it's funny. It was like teetering a line for a while. <laughs> so having those like contract renewal conversations with sponsors was just like, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is why I've separated the uh because i did like every once in a while talk about skiing on that twitter mm. so i have i have separated it completely now yeah um for that reason it's just like i don't know the ideologies of like the people that are higher up in my that that are my sponsors and i really enjoy all of them and i really like having them around so if i could do my best to not fuck that up 
Uh, I'm going to try and do that. For Without, sure. like, having to sacrifice uh, that part of me, pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's an outlet. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Being in Utah and, like, Salt Lake, you have some really awesome mountains near you. Is there, do you feel like there's, like, a amount of localism that exists? Because I, I feel like I see that a lot in Whistler. And I know that there's a lot of really awesome skiers that come out of that area. But, I mean, like you said, like, there's a lot of people that move there, too. Mm -hmm. So then it, like, gets into this, like, who's a local, who's not a local. Like if you've lived there your whole life, it's easy to call you a local. But yeah. then I just feel like it creates a weird dynamic sometimes. So just wondering if you see that at I your home. Yeah, I definitely see it. I mean, it's, it's definitely a thing. Um, you'll hear it in the tram at Snowbird all the time. Like someone that's having a hard time getting in, you'll, you'll hear like someone in the back be like, fucking iconer. And just, it's, it's definitely has like, and it comes a lot more from like the old white dudes um, that are just grouchy that the resort that was dead 20 years ago is now exploding because marketing is a thing and they don't quite get that. Um, but you see it and I mean, I catch myself sometimes doing it where I'm like, these fucking Californians don't know how to drive. And then I have to like stop myself and be like, as long as they're respecting the mountain and the people that call it home, that's, that's awesome. There, I mean, there's stickers in the, in like most of the lodges that say like beaters pay the bills and not to call people beaters. They're getting into skiing, which is fucking sweet, but that's kind of the, like the statement you have to remember that this tourism and all these people coming in from out of town are keeping it alive keeping what you like and what you love about it alive. Preach. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> I think that's really important. I also wanted to ask, like, I mean, we know that the ski industry is starting to wake up, right? Like there has been an increased movement towards being more socially, socially, politically attuned and understanding that in hyper-masculine spaces, like if you ever wanted to dive into feminism, like intersectional feminism a little bit uh, more, Victoria Bromley, I've mentioned her on the podcast before. She has an awesome book called Feminis Feminisms Matter and diving into like how the patriarchy has constructed these kind of echo chambers for toxic masculinity that are harmful and they are colonial, they're white, like the patriarchy is a colonial concept. So it's really under important to understand those intersectionalities but I think like like for yourself even though you've separated it on Instagram versus Twitter and like you kind of have those two spheres of what you're passionate about um what does that look like for you being in this community like do you notice it like issues with that a lot like you probably attract people that have similar ideologies to you but also being a coach like you're fostering young minds right yeah. so it's like I know when I'm at the skate park and there's all these little gremlins on their freaking scooters that are drinking monster energy at like 13. <laughs> and I'm like, your adrenal fatigue is going to be narbar by the time you're 17. 
but they're using like the F slur or they're like calling each other gay or it's like they're just the things that are coming out of their mouths. Like I was like, I do not condone hitting children, but I wish I had a ruler stick just to like reach across the bowl and be like, like go home to your mama. So it's like, what does that? Yeah. What does that look like for you? Um, it's, it's trying to do it in a way that like, because I've had, I've had kids be like, that's so gay. And I've turned around and been like, ah, we don't say that. I don't, I don't care where you heard it. I don't care who told you it was okay to say that, but we don't do that. And, but I try to do it in a way that like, they're not going to bring it home to their parents and get me in trouble for like calling their kid out about something like that. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had kids use the, the F slur about like a one piece that old. I was like, dude, just call it a onesie. Like, you don't need to put that there. Like, it's just the same thing. I even had an argument the other day about the whole transition tranny thing with a bunch of friends. Um, so like, yeah, as a coach, you gotta just, I mean, they're young kids and they're gonna they're gonna mess up but i've tried to like reasonably talk to them and be like hey like you realize like why why that's not okay get them to think about it a little bit without yeah. like screaming at them because i have yeah. had my moments where i'm like mm, you're you're really getting on my nerves Yeah, I think Renee's teeing up with a question. We both like unmute at the same time. And I'm like, who's going to say it first? <laughs> yeah, I've, I wanted to comment on the, um, you know, like for as long as I know that I've been freeride skiing, finding a landing that is the right amount of slope to land on, instead of calling it a transfer, people just call it a tranny. But now we're starting to change our vocabulary a little bit. So as a coach, you have to kind of instigate that a little bit. If it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, now we're not saying this. We'll say this instead. And like, how, how has that looked for you with, with the kids and like trying to introduce new, new ways of saying things, I guess? Um, I mean, the kids that have argued with me about it, I've just said like, hey, it's, we're trying to be considerate of, of a group of people that for the most part, get treated like shit. Um, and it's one, like it's, you're changing like a couple sounds. You're just adding like one sound onto the word. Like people are still going to understand it. Just try, like at least try. Um, and actually like I give a lot of credit to, um, our new head coach at Altsburg. He has, he was the one that told me to start doing that. Like he's, he's like, Hey, we should start just saying transition instead of shortening it. And I was like, okay, I totally understand that. And since then I've just been saying like transition finder. And I mean, that comes up a lot. If you've watched Andrew ski, like that's his thing is for some reason he can just find, I mean, it's, it's because Alta's Alton's numbered all the landings are flat. So you got to find like the one mogul that is steep enough for you to like land on the backside of so that your spine doesn't go through your head. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like kind of trying to change that. Freewood world tour is 
whoever their last announcer was kept saying it. Or no, it wasn't Fear of World Tour. It was uh, Natural Selection. The uh, girl yes. kept saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is new and it will permeate, but it starts with teaching the kids. No, now we're going to say this because then they'll just get used to saying it a different way. Yeah. And the, yeah. the more that they learn and they teach their friends and we learn and we teach our friends, like it will phase it out, but it's, it's going to take time and it takes commitment from everybody. But yeah, I, I wanted to know what that, like you said that you had the debate with your friends, right? Like, what did that debate look like? Because a lot of the times it's hesitation to change or it's like not understanding why change is necessary and they feel like they're being like attacked in a way. That's how those conversations usually go for me anyways. And it's like, yeah. So like, how do, how do you handle that being a male in that sphere? I think it's, I think it's a little bit different than being like, you know, a female entering mm -hmm. those conversations. Um, I mean, at least how it went for me is, they at first kind of like laughed it off. They're like, why, why are you changing this word? Like, it, is it really that they were asking me if it was really that harmful? And I was like, I can't speak to it, but I know that it is in some aspect. So I'm just going to change it. And they're like, well, why would I have to change my vocabulary? And I'm like, just, it's a consideracy thing. Like you're just being considerate to a group of people who get a lot of shit and they don't deserve it. They get a lot of shit for who they are. And I think I saw nodding heads, but I saw, I mean, it's, it's males and skiing. They're not going to be like, they're not going to jump on if everyone's on one side, they're not going to jump to the other and out themselves. Yeah. But I think like having somebody like yourself in those spaces, just simply saying something, because mm -hmm. a lot of the times, like to position yourself as the outlier in that context is difficult. And I think it's a lot of reason why those kind of like masculine echo chambers continue to permeate these really harmful belief systems or those toxic uh, like masculine traits in a way where it's like, you know, like if somebody doesn't say something, then you're not gonna create a better environment. Who was the photographer that we had on a while ago, Renee, who came out recently? Um, it was Stefan, Stephen? Yeah, Stephen. Stephen. He was talking about how, like, he's been a photographer in the ski industry for a while. And when he's in a context with somebody where, you know, like, all of a sudden somebody uses gay as an insult or they use the F word or, like, they're only talking about heteronormative relationships or, like, cisgendered, like, expression or, like, everything in the ski industry is gendered, Right. Mm -hmm. like gear, every context, he talked about how he didn't feel safe purely off of those like connotations that he pulled from his environment to come out, which is totally valid. And then like um, earlier, I was mentioning a friend who knows a coach who was using like the F slur and like call it like using gay for things. And she actually called him out on it. It was like, what if you have a young boy or girl or somebody that's non-binary that you're coaching, and what if they are gay? Like, what if they are part of the LGBTQ community? He was like, oh, well, you know, like, I would know if they were, and it's like, no, you wouldn't know. That's the thing, is you would not know, because you cannot make assumptions about that internal state. So it's like, I don't know, I think what you're doing and the ability to speak up is something that needs to be demonstrated in those groups, and I just want to say thank you for doing that, because... 
I wish that more people spoke up and seeing people speak up gives me hope. And the fact that you're fostering these young kids to have better relationships and to understand these issues and how they're contributing to that, like that's a huge asset for somebody in your position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I love the job. So the ways that I can help or like, you know, it's, it's important to me that I'm not only like teaching them how to be a good skier, but teaching them how to be like good kids. Cause that was, I mean, I got that comment from a lot of like, not my coaches, but my coaches, like friends when I was growing up is like, I'm really, I mean, all my coaches were kind of dirt bags and, and that's skiing, like you're going to have dirt bags. Um, but they're like, it's, it's awesome to see that you guys are all like good people. And if I can do that, it's more rewarding than like having the kid be like, oh, that kid's on the tour now. Like if they're good kids, it's, it's really cool to see. Um, so yeah, I, I try to do it and it's just the right thing to do. So I try to be as like good with calling that out and also like trying to explain it to the kids in a way that they get it um, as best I can. Yeah. Kids idolize their coaches too. You don't even realize it that much until you sit back and see that they do everything that you do. And I had broken poles for a little while. So I had like the backcountry expandable poles, but one was mm -hmm. broken. So I could only ski them on short mode. So I like park rat length poles. And I was coaching these 11 to 13 year old girls. And one day one of them comes up to me and she's like, so she's so worried. She said, are my poles too long for me? Because you're so much taller than me and your poles are really short. <laughs> and I had to, I, I just realized that she had been feeling self-conscious about her poles for God knows how long, thinking that hers were way too long for her because I was ski with these little park rat poles because mine are broken. <laughs> and I had to explain to her, no, 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 honey, like your poles are perfect. Mine are broken and that's why they're this short. But I haven't bought new ones yet so this is where we're at <laughs> yeah. but it's like little things you don't even realize that they want to look like you they want to act like you they want to ski like you and they really do absorb everything that you're saying so it, it is kind of a cool place to be in and to see them progress in their skiing and just as people and i would say i sometimes i miss coaching more than i miss playing like i used to coach hockey too and I miss coaching hockey more than I miss playing hockey, like hands down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coaching, like a lot of the coaches have said, like it has made skiing, like a lot of them were maybe burnt out on like shooting photos or filming or competing. And they went back to coaching and, you know, like sparked something different or like reignited their flame for what they were doing before. It's awesome. Cause a lot of those kids are, like really good skiers. So you spend most of the day just like showing them the stuff that you ski when you're just skiing with your friends. And they're like, Oh, this is awesome. I've never skied this. It's like, you've been skiing here since you were 12. This is all stuff that like you should know. So, all right, yeah. I'm just gonna keep laughing. This. Well, I think that the whole dynamic of like, with my job working for Alpine Canada, they make you do this entire course on like, uh, like athlete safety 
And athlete safety is relative to being in a power dynamic relationship, right? So it's like adult and a child, somebody that has influence, somebody that is mature, like there is an entire kind of concept there. And it's led to athletes of different sports, like you see it in the news all the time, right? Like there was one athlete on the US uh, snowboard slope style team that came forward recently about like sexist and sexual harassment and interactions from their head coach which was super hectic and all of her stories kept getting deleted. It was kind of like hush hush. It was super freaking gnarly. And it's like in that context, because kids are so malleable. Is that the right word? I think that's the right word. Yes. Did I say that right? Okay. I said like, okay, is it, is it finite or finite? It's finite. Fuck. Is it? What is finite then? I've heard people say that. I feel like it could be said that way too, but I think it's supposed to be finite. Finito. I like that one more. (laughs) I think that's just Spanish or Italian. I don't even know. (laughs) You just add an O on the end and it's (laughs) Italian. If you add an O, it's Italian immediately. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. But um, those kids are super impressionable, right? Like, you're the cool guy. You're freaking <laughs> sharp in the nar. Like, you filmed, was it with MSP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you filmed with MSP. You compete. You're a freaking, we're not, we're just going to, like, ditch the Twitter for a moment. But, like, Instagram influencer extraordinaire doing dope shit. And these kids are like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I love having those positive male role models, right? So fucking valuable. So, yeah, that is dope. And I love that you're like a low-key internet warrior on the side. It's like Shredder freaking out there changing the game. And I also love that other sports have instigated those communities. And I'm so excited to start seeing that in the ski industry as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's like, I think why um, someone that had like kind of inspired me to get more into it was like Cody Townsend. Like seeing how much he on Twitter and Instagram alike, like is putting his, like it's, he has a big name and he's putting his name and his, his sponsorship, like those relationships kind of on the line by standing up and speaking out about these things. And it's, it's awesome to see. And Cody's in the meme chat. We love Cody. We love Cody Townsend. (laughs) Yeah. He's a G. (laughs) And I love that his activism is inspiring your activism. Like those are the types of role models we need to see. I'm going to say it. We're on the internet, not Tanner Hall. That's the last (laughs) I'm going to speak of it. Thank you very much. Good night. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Cody and I on Twitter the other day went on like a full tirade about um, the colonial, like the, the colonial names of mountains in the West, like how Mount Hood should be Y East and like Mount Rainier should be like Tahoma and how all these like stupid British people got like mountains named after them for nothing. And like the indigenous names are so much cooler, but yeah, it was like, we weren't even talking about sports. We were just like bullshitting about how, the colonial names of these mountains was stupid. We did it for like an hour and a half. I love it. I love it. I love that you guys are just internet besties. 
<laughs> we're all internet besties <laughs> i guess we are if taylor sends me stuff he's like yo did you see this yet you have to see this <laughs> okay and in like renee and i actually became like real life best friends through the internet as well so the internet is just like a broader tinder for making friends of similar <laughs> mentalities it's the bumble friends yeah, Bumblebee. Yes. <laughs> I even found like my current boyfriend through Instagram. Well, we actually matched on Tinder and then he like messaged me, but I didn't reply. And then he followed me and I followed him and like I was like, oh, this was cute. I was like, oh shit, we matched on Tinder. And then I slipped into his DMs and now we've been dating for a year and a bit. So checks out, my dudes. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally should, we, should we talk about like actually skiing? We Probably. kind of mentioned it. Like you compete and you filmed with MSP. So it, it'd be cool to just dive into what that was actually like. Like we have talk shit as we usually do, but yeah. <laughs> not even shit. Just, I don't know, whatever just, we talk yeah. about on, on this podcast. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know sometimes, uh, <laughs> but you filmed with MSP. How mm -hmm. did that line up? Um. So it had been like, a couple years in the making. Um, Angel was out there a couple years prior with MSP at Snowbird. Um, and Gaffney mentioned it to me. I think I was like 20 or 21 at the time. And Gaffney brought it up to me like, hey, if we can get a day in with you skiing around with Angel, that'd be sick. So like young 21 year old me was just like fired up all all juiced and um it didn't happen because it started raining the next day so i was all bummed and i was like yeah you know they like, come back to snowbird every once in a while um and colby stevenson who's a friend of mine was um it was his segment with tom and they were coming out they already had it all planned and i think like two days prior um gaffney messaged me I was like, hey, you want to come film at Snowbird with us for the next like four days? And I don't think I've said yes to a DM faster. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty much just me showing Colby, who I've been friends with for a while, and Tom Wallish around Snowbird, which was like kind of a cool experience because Colby hadn't really skied Snowbird before. And Tom is, you know, the, the rail god, like park skier that he is. So it was, it was cool to have like that, those different minds kind of looking at stuff that I've always, that I've looked at since I was young. Yeah, and I don't know how necessarily like everything works with ski movies, but normally it's like sponsors pay for mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. So you just kind of got in as like, oh, yeah. we're planning to do this segment, but you actually know where you're going and you're mm -hmm. sick at skiing. So why don't you just come? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was he when he sent out the email to everyone, he introduced me as the tour guide slash stunt monkey with his words, which was <laughs> awesome. I was like, OK, oh I, can, I can do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I was able to stay up at Snowbird with all those guys and hang out and go skiing every day at my home mountain, which was really rad. Is that something you'd want to do more of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what like ignited my passion for skiing was ski movies and like MSP movies 
um, in general because they had like, I don't know if you guys notice it, but like every kind of movie company has their own like vibe. Like TGRs is like weirdly serious. Like it's got like this ominous vibe to it throughout the movie. And then MSP has like the more playful, like it was definitely influenced by Shane and Scott. It got that playful vibe. So I grew up like that was that those movies came out and I was watching them until I couldn't anymore. Yeah. So would you say your goals are filming, competing? Like, where do you see yourself going as a skier? Um, I'd like to film more. I think that the rewards that come from filming a little bit more than competing, especially in the free-rided kind of compass because of like the low amount of budget that those competitions have and just like the amount of sending to hard pack that you do for competing, I can't do it anymore. Like it's, it just kicks my ass and the nerves that you battle and like standing up on a freezing ass cold mountain for an hour. Um, I still love the like camaraderie of it and like the community in competing, but it's, just isn't my thing anymore. Um, I, I haven't really competed like other than at Snowbird since I think about 2015. Well, what do you do in the off season? Like, what do you do for work? You coach, but that's can't be every day because kids are at school. Yeah. yeah. So how, how does that um, work? <laughs> in the summer, I, uh, for the last five years before last summer, I was landscaping which in Utah is hell because it's 105 and you're working in like unshaded, dirty backyards. Um, and then last summer I started painting, painting houses, which actually was like way more peaceful, way easier on my back and a lot less hot. So it was, it was awesome. And that's just like, I just stack money doing that over the summer. And then you live the dream in the winter. Yeah. It's the You're classic ski bum lifestyle yeah. right there. Mm -hmm. Work hard, play hard. Let's go. Exactly. Yuck. Yuck. Um, before we go, what is your favorite thing to talk crap about? Do you have a favorite thing? Mm. <laughs> And like I feel like we've covered a lot of those. We did. Yeah. We did. I don't know if there is a favorite thing. We did talk a little bit. About but you're um, like your top one. Like within, you're just like within, oozing. Within skiing. Yeah. What's your ooh, number skiing? one team? Fuck. I don't know. There's so many to pick from. Um, In this climate? Yes. <laughs> okay. But you know, like the ADHD urge when somebody brings up something that you know a lot about and you like want to interrupt them because it's like your one thing you're like oh i'm about to fuck up this conversation with some of my stuff mm -hmm. ah. i can't like off the top of my head right now i can't exactly think about it because i those are like so those just happen like i'm not like they're bringing it up and i'm like i, I just like zone in all of a sudden that's literally part of adhd it's like yeah, no. focus <laughs> Okay, bad question. Sorry. Bad. No, it's fine. I just am like bad at thinking about it. 
That's okay. You need like the you need like the stimulus in the moment to like zap onto it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like you have a lot of those, so Oh. I think if you've watched Twitter, the thing me and Jabber have been fucking ranting about lately is backpack speakers. Okay. There we go. Biking, running, turn that shit off. Put a headphone in or don't have music. Because I don't want to hear your fucking dubstep while I'm trying to like tour uphill. You don't want like a little like boop, 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 boop. No. <laughs> like I get it if you're like sitting at a campfire and you're playing music. Okay. Chill. You know, that was that place. Yes. I I was the backpack speaker person. <laughs> Shame on me. Only mountain biking, but the only reason I did it is because Dylan Siggers did it. Does anybody know who Dylan Siggers is? I know who Siggers is. That kind of okay. I can't I can't hit on Siggers. You can't you know, so Dylan Siggers <laughs> did it. Fucking burlap slime dude. He was like because I worked with him at Straight Line in Fernie. And he was uh, sponsored by Outdoor Tech, I think. So he had one. But in my mind, I am terrified of bears and cougars. I am small. I am an appetizer. They would gobble me up like it's nobody's business. So it was like strategic for me to keep away animals. Okay. Well, and, and I think when I say that, I mean it more like. I understand what you mean. I just wanted to say that I was that person one time. Yeah. yeah there's a well, volume button. And I, I think it's like, it depends what the volume is too. But Jabber will love that you said that. He will. Oh, yeah. This is a shout out to Adam Jabber. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he made a sticker for it. Did he actually make a sticker? Oh, yeah. What does the sticker say? Something about backpack speakers and how we don't like them. (laughs) Obviously, I wanted the actual context. I'm going to have to go look this up now. Sorry, (laughs) I don't know it off the top of my head. Hating Adam Jabber. Excuse me, so Adam people Jeff. don't get mad at me and come like into my Twitter and my Instagram after hearing this. It's backpack speakers like in public spaces. So like if yes. you're at the ski resort, probably not. Probably don't have your backpack speaker on attached to your Camelback. Um, or like touring, I get it because I had a buddy that would just he would throw his backpack speaker on and put it at a reasonable level and be like what do you guys want to listen to and we would tour behind him and listen to that um surprisingly it wasn't grateful dead which was weird oh it was like some weird like house music it was kind of soothing as you toured it's repetitive the edhd brain grabs onto that because it's just like continuous you know um yeah i think that's totally valid funny story about speakers one time i was floating on a very small lake just outside of fernie and i had my speaker on the shoreline there was nobody else there so we were floating in the lake then all of a sudden this random family shows up and this little kid walks up to my speaker and i was like don't touch that and he picks it up and he looks at me and then he just throws it in the lake it was bad i got out and i had like a category seven bitch in front of the parents i was like control your spawn like what is this luckily they're waterproof and it was okay but just violent violent children so that kid needed a backpack speaker sticker i think that kid and i would get along okay i'm I'm mostly joking just mostly but i have wanted to do that before is not this... like at a lake or anything, but like Throw in it. line, just yes. detach their speaker and like. Okay, 
I'm going to deduce. I love that word, deduce, deduce. Anyways, I'm going to deduce that the backpack speaker thing is similar to like that one dude with a guitar at a party. Yes. Okay, we have a correlation there. Mm-hmm. We have says, a consensus. And it also might be an overstimulation thing for me. Three times without totally actually saying deuce. And all I could hear when you said deduce was the deuce part. So I'm sorry. You know what? That's the best part. Duh. <laughs> the deuce part of it. Duh, and then you hear the word deuce, and all I can think about is dropping a deuce. And Anyway. You know what? If you don't poop, you die. Everybody poops. So it's fine. That book was the shit. There's a book called Everybody Poops? Um, I did a whole degree. It's a cartoon <laughs> book. It's fucking awesome. Everybody poops. I'm going to get that from my mom for Christmas because she would always be like, you know what? If you don't poop, you die. So boys can get over it. Yeah. Poop is a rabbit hole. I could go down. I work in healthcare. It's a thing. I always. Nobody call, wants to know. I call nobody Renee with my like constipation questions all the time. <laughs> and she'll call me just to talk. Or I don't know. Actually, you did that with Jess the other day to talk about the magnitude of your recent dump. <laughs> Okay, well, we're on recording. <laughs> we're on recording, and yes, I did have a very out. impressive poop last week, so I'm glad everyone will know If you don't poop, you die, okay? It is something that commonly unites us, every person, everywhere. I feel like there's dudes that, like, <sighs> when I worked at the bike shop, the guys would, there was, like, a group chat, and they would literally, like, send each other pictures of their poops so mm -hmm. like guys do that like why is it weird if i tell my friend i had a particularly notable poop i also like yeah. ask people about their poop literally every day at work so it's fine it's and we should probably get off this call soon because it's going tomorrow <laughs> okay but it's actually really interesting how squirmy dudes get when you start talking about bowel movements as a girl it's because it's unladylike. They're like, I love that bootay. It's like, I don't want to think about what you... Anyways, I'm going to stop there. But I literally have had conversations with my boyfriend in the last month where it's just like, he's like, I didn't need to know that. I was like, well, now you do. So you're welcome. <laughs> so... I don't know. Look, he's so We're going to cut the end of this episode. Taylor, are you <laughs> uncomfortable or are you just blushed? Like, are you just sunburned a little bit? So-so? Okay, I think cool. it's both. A little bit of both. I'm going to chalk it up as both. You're welcome. I'm so glad we got to finish our interview like this. I think Pleasure. this is our cue. And uh, this is our cue. <laughs> and uh, just one more ode to Jabber. What is your din? Taylor, tell us your din and then tell us where to find you. What's your din? 11. <laughs> because somewhere in the universe, Adam Jabber's probably got a spreadsheet of this. <laughs> He's going through all the podcasts and writing it down. That's He's, actually, he probably should do that. He it should take a do lot that. of time, but he should. He should do it. Do we have this this time? No, but we should. You know, a great time to listen to a podcast is when you're pooping. Okay, Tori, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I regret um, nothing. Anyways. I'm not going to give the uh, the Twitter name out. You're just going to have to find it. Um, go hunting, my dudes. Yep. And then at T Pratsky on Instagram. And yeah, I don't, don't wanna... do Facebook anymore. No one does. 
Facebook's for boomers. Yes. Yeah. The boomers. Um, do you have any any like sponsors you want to plug? Any little shredders that you love who might be listening to us? Who might about? be wondering why the heck they're still listening to this? <laughs> if any of my athletes are still listening to this, you get, I'm buying you a Snickers bar. So if one of my athletes says you owe me a Snickers bar tomorrow or the next, or like when this comes out, yeah, I owe you a Snickers bar. Here you go, little um, Timmy. Get that Snickers. We know you're hungry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, Shredder, I would like to shout out right now. Um, actually, kind of not the most fun topic to talk about. Um, one of my former athletes was seriously hurt in Big Sky a couple days ago. Has been in the ICU since um last night was um improving taking off life support and is conscious now but she has a shattered skull broken l2 um fractured hips broken nose um there's a gofundme in my link on my instagram to help her family with the medical expenses um i coached her for a couple years and she's a fiery little like gromlet that has a lot of passion for skiing that I really fucking love and would really like to see her come back and ski like she can. So that's my shout out. All right, go fund me. Um, I think it's very sad that in the States you need to raise money for this stuff, but I mean, I, I support that. I mean, girl is out there shredding and you never know when something like that's going to happen. And I see it in the hospital. So it kind of, it's like really sucks. And hopefully her family can get all the support they need that finances won't be an issue for her recovery. Cause I think she's probably, if those are her injuries, she's going to have a lot of physio in her future. So. Yeah. Yeah. I saw your, uh, your story today and went to our GoFundMe page. And I have to say like the community coming together and how much was raised in such a short period of time is amazing, but like everything counts. And it's not even just the medical expenses. It's like the time it takes afterwards to recover mm -hmm. mentally and like going back to work and pressures. And like, I just, that to be that young and to experience that intensive an injury, it literally just breaks my heart. And I thought about it multiple times while I was skiing today. Um, but I hope she has a fast recovery and it sounds like she's got really good people around her like mm -hmm. yourself to help her kind of push through to that. So that was a, that was a fantastic last, last shout out. <laughs> yeah. She's yes. a, she's a tough cookie. Um, I have full faith that she'll be back skiing, but yeah, I don't know how long that road's going to be. Yes. Yeah. And for anyone listening, we can put, um, that GoFundMe link in the show notes if it's yes. still live at that time. So anyone who's gotten to this point can go help this girl out. Yes, 100%. The free ride fam needs to come together to support each other because we're all putting our bodies on the line every day we're out there and something can go wrong and it takes a community to lift each other up. So yeah, yep. I think that is a beautiful thing to finish on after every all the other stupid stuff I just said. Um, but... Thank you so much, Taylor. That was a very enjoyable conversation. And Thank again, you guys for having me. yeah, it was our pleasure. Um, 
we will see everybody next Monday. All right. I'll see you guys in the Instagram DMs to talk shit about stuff. Tally ho. Let's go. <laughs> Ready for it. <laughs> you know it. <laughs>